Five Investigates uncovers new body camera video and new allegations of racial discrimination at U.S. Bank. Millions of people watched this video of Joe Morrow, handcuffed and accused of fraud when he tried to cash his paycheck at U.S. Bank in Columbia Heights. After investigative reporter Eric Rasmussen broke that story in December, U.S. Bank's CEO eventually apologized and pledged to do better. But since then, Eric, you found U.S. Bank is at the center of more complaints from black customers and even black employees. The phenomenon known as banking while black is receiving nationwide attention. For months, we've spoken to customers, employees, lawyers, and advocates. And tonight, you're about to see more video at another U.S. Bank in Minnesota where tellers called police on a black customer trying to get money from his own account. Hold on. Hey! Hey! When a police officer... Now... It's been a while. I've been trying to restructure. I was talking to people tonight saying, seeing if I should do a movie analysis or should I come back hard and strong and do the normal Bagland podcast tonight. And I decided to just go ahead and go live. Now, U.S. Bank has a history of race soldier behavior. I've personally experienced it myself in several of the locations. There were times where I was refused. I was told that I could come and get something notarized and I was refused um, from even being able to get uh, something notarized. I had a teller tell me one time, well, you're not a customer. When I walk through that door, I'm a damn customer. You don't know what kind of business I'm trying to bring to this bank. You don't know what kind of contracts and deals and things I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, uh, trying to get going here. So you at U.S. Bank, I was not surprised at, at, at this at all. You know, I had no surprise that this was occurring. So I just thought it was interesting that I would just bring this up. Officer chased him down in a U.S. Bank parking lot in December. You know, I wasn't really scared. I just, I was just confused. Peter Wogba says he was. Now, mind you, the brother, the brother that they, that was doing, and he was doing big business. He was cashing a big check. This brother is not foundational. This brother is from the diaspora. He's from Liberia. So let's be very clear. They make no distinction without a difference whether you're from the motherland or you're from domestic. They said you are a Negro, sir, and you shouldn't be having $30,000. See, they identify him as a black person. They didn't ask him where he was from. They didn't care. They seen that this is a black person that was doing his thing, and they had a problem with him cashing his check, which was rightfully his. Trying to wrap up some business before this branch in Bloomington closed early on a Saturday. Hi. Hello. Frank. Did you worry? cashier's check? Yes. The money for that cashier's check, $30,000, coming from Wogba's latest deal. In the business of flipping houses since coming to Minnesota from Liberia, Wogba had just closed on the sale of this property in Richfield. So when I got to the bank on Friday, they said, oh, the money was not available. So the guy told me, come by tomorrow. Despite calling U.S. Bank's 1-800 number to verify the funds were available, 
When Wogba returned here the next day, tellers denied him again. I said, well, I'm not going to leave. I know you guys are going to be closing soon, but I'm not going to leave until I get any money. But how did they react when you said, I'm not going to leave? You know, when I when I said that, I was I was just trying to talk to them. They, you know, the lady said, oh, you know, you have to calm down. Calm down. The same command given to Joe Mora. Joe, I need you to calm down, first of all. Calm down. See, that's what they tell black folks. Calm down. We want you to calm down as if you don't have a right to show your ass in that situation. Now, I've been giving you bastards all types of business. You know, um, y'all are earning interest on my money. I've been banking with you. I've been a faithful customer. But you accused me of a crime of me kept trying to cash a damn check. And you call somebody that could potentially end me. And you tell me to calm down. See, that, that that's what they're... You may not even be raising your voice. You might just be asking questions. I've been in a, in a conversation with some suspected race soldiers. And I'm sitting there in a meeting or just talking. I've had this situation in, with an IT manager where we're just talking and I'm asking what the game plan is for the transition of the technology. And she starts talking about, Oh, you need to calm down. And she starts waving her hands. And I'm like, ma'am, I'm very calm. I'm very calm. Not really understanding what's going on here. I'm very calm. I'm just asking some questions here. Oh, you need to calm down that they use that. That's a race soldier tactic that's used against black folks. Let's be clear about that. Too. Okay. This is the warning he received in October 2020 after a U.S. bank manager in Columbia Heights called police and accused the 23-year-old of fraud for trying to cash his $900 paycheck. He said, you people are always coming in here with fake checks. Who do you think he meant? Black people. Days after... He said, you people are always coming in here with fake checks. See, it's the bank's job to determine if, if the check is fake. They could easily debunk that. They can't, they can't, you can't look at a person and then say this person has a fake check. You're not able to do that. But with the, with actual technology, yeah, there's things you could verify if the check is real. That's very easy to do that. Five investigates reports sparked national outrage. U.S. Bank CEO Andy Ciceri apologized and promised reforms. Then I would like to see them back it up. I would like to see them back it up. U.S. Bank CEO still won't sit down with us for an interview. In a statement, the company said it's launching training for de-escalation and conflict resolution. But five investigates found some of U.S. Bank's own employees also describe a culture of discrimination reaching the highest levels of the Yeah, so now, you, you know, this ain't just happening. This is a systemic. At this point, you have a confirmed white supremacist systemic issue at U.S. Bank. Anytime you have black customers using their money, being treated in this manner, and then now you have black, you have black managers. We're not talking about necessarily what they would call so-called low-level positions. We're talking about management positions. Now, now, now listen to what this brother said. Company. U.S. Bank has a history of this. There's just too many incidents that shows that maybe this is something that's systemic with them. John Spann worked for U.S. Bank for 24 years in Illinois. Starting as a teller in the 1990s, Spann worked his way up to become an underwriter for car loans. He 
reported harassment and racial discrimination to U.S. Bank Human Resources, describing in a complaint what a new manager said to him after taking over his region in 2018. Every weekend, and I'm telling you, every Friday before the weekend, he would stop by my desk and say, don't go to jail and don't beat your wife. Now, I want to I wanna debunk that. I want to analyze and dissect that a little bit. Am I coming through loud and clear, everyone? Sounds like I'm loud and clear. Phil Solomon's in the house here. This brother mentioned that the manager stopped by his desk and he was trying to do that to rile him up, try to take the brother off. His, we're loud and clear, we're loud and clear. Trying to take the brother off of his game plan. See, race soldiers at work, we, well, we both know, Solomon and I both know, yeah, race soldiers at work, when you're working for the dominant society, they will try to take you off of your game plan at work. They will use weasel words. They will use all types of guerrilla office tactics to try to get you off of your game. So what they did with, to this brother is they said, all right. And see, I looked at the I looked at the brother and they showed his kids. And I, looked, I said, okay, Becky, see, he, he has a white wife. So... And, and this brother's a little older. He's probably in his, maybe in his 50s. So they're looking at it from the standpoint like, hey, don't go to jail and don't beat your wife. They know that his wife is white. So what they were basically saying to him is, as, hey, Negro, yeah, she might call the police. She might call the police on you. Don't beat your wife. You Negroes are wife beaters. That's basically what, what this guy was trying to say that there's no other there's no other way around it. And that's very dangerous what this person is saying, because he's insinuating that, well, hey, you got a white wife. You might beat your wife. You are you, you Negroes are violent. You're violent people. You're genetically violent. You see what I'm saying? That's that eugenic talk. You're genetically violent. Oh, you beat women. You're violent. It's part of your genes. You see what I'm saying? When you start really breaking it down, that, that's the science. He didn't say that. But the thing is, you're not going to walk up to somebody's desk each week and then tell this man, don't go to jail and don't beat your wife. If that man was beating his wife, he would he would have been in jail. He wouldn't even have that job. So there's really no point for you to even tell him he shouldn't. Um, you got to think. I looked at his kids. He had three children. It looks like about a woman. So. Yeah, man. I mean, he that brother's not lying. I know he's not lying. So they were probably a little upset about that. He said, "Okay, he he got him a Becky." So you know, he was he, he they were probably a little upset about that. That burnt them up for number one, and then number two, you know, um, the fact that he was a manager. Span even reached out to U.S. Bank's CEO in response to this company-wide email after the police killing of George Floyd. Andy Ciceri wrote, We have to do better and allow ourselves to be uncomfortable so we can have courageous conversations. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. What's good in the hood? Just holding it down, trying to take care of business. Keep it up, my nigga. Talking about a click. 
The only clique you need to know about is the Harlem Heat and Sister Sherry. See, because what you're dealing with here is the brotherhood. It's nonstop from this point on in WCW. We take what we want. And after we take Lex Luger and the Giant, we want the gold sucker. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. Now, I heard that Booker T back in the day, they say he called Hulk Hogan a nigga. Now, I heard that piece of audio not too long ago. Might have been some years back. So I was kind of wondering. And according to what I've heard, the things that Hulk Hogan has said about black folks, that's probably why he called him a nigga. I just thought about that. That's probably why he called him that. I should... Thank you for calling Representative Hardaway's office. He is either away from his desk or on the other line. Please feel free to leave a detailed message and he will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you again and have a wonderful day. Record your message at the tone. When you are finished, hang up or press pound for more options. Hello, uh, I am calling from Minnesota and I heard about the terrible thing that's happening down there, the Mason State takeover where Mr. Mumpower is trying to take over that black town due to the floor plan coming over, saying that the black folks down there are incompetent. Something needs to be done about this. This is not good, and this is like a modern day Tulsa situation. This is like Rosewood. Something needs to, you guys need to do something about that. We on top and bitch, we running town. He was steady talking like an opera, so we gunned him down. She wouldn't fuck me back when I was broke, bitch, I got money now. Acting like y'all savage, but y'all really just a bunch of clowns. That's a hundred rounds. You won't catch me nowhere if I cannot bring my gun around. Live and direct from Cary, Indiana. Give it up for Freddie Gibbs. Oh, we, we got some bars. Let's get some bars going. All my This for my niggas. Yeah, it's for my niggas, strictly for all my niggas Start your engine, put the fuel on them, mop the most with the switches This ain't for police, the prosecutors, the politicians This for those that push to put themselves in the proper position This ain't for the niggas who take the stand and work for the feds Hope you see your house today and catch all the points in your head my nigga hit menace and Charlie Man. Soon as they let me eat, know the streets was my expertise. I kept the street contacts with my connects, so they let me eat. A rapper, but I was a drug trafficker before I left the streets. These 10 more crack commandments. Frank Wright, rest in peace. Right there, and he's like, let's go. It looked like it was gonna happen, right? And I was like, yo, guys, let's go. Uh, I think Freddie Gibbs, Benny the Butcher, y'all gotta do the EP. Right. I feel like between you two and Conway, you guys are the, the, the hardest rappers on the planet at the moment it's only natural that you and you and fred have such a crazy fucking chemistry yes bro. we do yes we do i feel like it's gonna happen i feel like it's the benny and freddie chemistry mm -hmm. i feel like they love that you know what i'm saying they always ask when we gonna do an album i, I feel like they love that and would there be a collaborative album between y'all probably won't probably won't why why you say it's so sure it's, it probably won't because i'm sure it won't be <laughs> you know what i mean i'm focused on what i'm focused on pretty right. sure he focused on what he focused on but but it's love know. Yeah, it's love with everybody, man. I love everybody. Wow, man. I love the love. camera it's people. Love. Yeah, I love everybody. Niggas said work with Freddie Gibbs came and went. 
Man, I know some other shit that came and went too, nigga. Just keep my name on your mouth, man. When y'all talking to people who are doing interviews and shit, just say next question, man. I don't want to talk about that, nigga. Just say next motherfucking question. For real. Now, that one hurt this week. Me, me as being a fan of the Golden Age, me, me just being a fan of the raw architecture of hip-hop and bars, Gary, Indiana's finest, Buffalo, New York's finest. The music that they made, and I'm I'm telling you, Phil, Phil Solomon, it, the, 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 the stuff that they made, I mean, the EP, I would have loved it. I would have got the vinyl for that and put that on my wall. I would have passed that to my kids. Benny and, and Kane, Benny and Gangsta Gibbs, they made incredible music together. So when I heard that hit the waves where they're like, okay, they're they're not, they don't want to, they're not working together. Something probably happened. I'm like, oh fuck. That was a that was a major, major to me. I mean, that would have been like the damn outcast almost, even though from they're from two different towns. Like, I mean, they would have been, that would have been like the Andre Three Stacks and Drake. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like an unofficial duo. And they're not even on the same label, same town or nothing that. But their collaborations was on point. If you want to talk about bar for bar collaboration, they have the best collaborations that I've heard in probably over 13 years. And that's a hard, hard reach for me. Everyone that knows me personally, they, they know my history when it comes to collecting records and, you know, and, 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 and music and things of that nature. But that's a hard, hard statement for me to make right there. That's a long, long, strong statement to be to 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 make. And any and anybody anybody says that that those two don't ain't got bars, they're all capoeira. The young folks say they're all cap. I'm using I got a new word I'm patented here on the Bagland podcast. It's there that's capoeira, that's capoeira karate talk. That's all capoeira. You can't say that they don't have bars galore. They have bars for days. I say pick. Pick pick your top pick your top ten and put two against them. It, it, it it's gonna be a long shot. You could pick you could put Styles P and Jada against them, but they still gonna hold their own. That ain't taking nothing away from Styles P and Jada. Those are phenomenal. Nothing less than fucking phenomenal. The locks are phenomenal. That's the only people I'm saying bar for bar. The only people that I will put together between the butcher and Kane is Jada Kiss Styles P. Dre and three stacks. And um, bar for bar. Let me think, man. Shit. The dynamic duo Batman and Robin. Who could I put against them? Pusha, Pusha T in, in uh in, in Malice, but Malice does like gospel gospel rap right now. He he don't do trap shit no more. Like he's he's out of it. He he left that. He said he left that life alone. Put Pusha solo. But if Malice were to ever come back, the clips, them Virginia boys, <sighs> you, you you really couldn't find too many people that came out. I'm your Pusha. You couldn't find the clips. You couldn't really, you're not going to find too many duos with bars like them. You're just not. So, yeah, you'd have to bring, you'd have to bring Malice back and get him with Pusha T to go against the Butcher and Kane. 
And that would have been a great that would have been a great album. Okay, okay. Let, let's 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 get the Gangster Gibbs and the Benny the Butcher conceptual album together. We get Hit Boy because they both work with Hit Boy, I believe. You get Hit Boy. You get Primo. You get Alchemist. Rest in peace, Prodigy. He's he's gone. The Gangster Gibbs worked for Prodigy before, so. And then you definitely got to, I mean, mob deep with, with, with Griselda, mob deep with Benny the Butcher and Conway. Oh, man, come on, man. So you got to get Havoc. Havoc got to make a beat. Alchemist got to make a beat. You got to get Hit Boy on there. We might even get a Woe Kenny. Woe Kenny can make a beat. Who knows? Artists got egos. I hated that. That was terrible. That was terrible news for me today. For this this week. That Kane and the Butcher ain't gonna do no more music together. I said, fuck. God damn it. Shit, but the world is changing. Shit. Joe Rogan saying nigga and shit. It's been years. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, nigga, that wasn't years. That was let it, days. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. He said every nigga in Philly looked like a monkey. Well, a lot of days. <laughs> a lot of days. A lot of days. But years. Listen, worth nigga. Of days. Hey, hey, Joe, Joe, Joe. Let me tell you something, nigga. You lucky I got family in Philadelphia because they was coming here to fuck you up, man. I said, listen, listen. I held all niggas back on behalf of Joe. Y'all give me a round of applause, nigga. Thank you. Thank you, and please I tell told, all your I friends. I told all niggas. I said, "Hey, Joe, my nigga. I know Dave. He, I know he got Dave Chappelle and shit, but you know, Dave Chappelle ain't in the motherfucking streets, nigga. His wife Asian and shit, nigga. Oh my god. <laughs> Dave Chappelle ain't no gangster like me, nigga. I love. I appreciate Dave. that. I, I know, white boy. You better appreciate. it. I'm appreciating, look, we got to talk, because we, we, we got to work something out for that, nigga. You got the nigga approval from the realest nigga ever, nigga. We talked about that today. We got that. We going to do important. all that, baby. All right, listen, exactly. this is going to be on Patreon on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. Joe Rogan is about to give niggas reparations. Oh, my, Freddie, get back over here. Get back over here. Hey, you just don't know it. Freddie, you did much more than your minute. How about a hand for Freddie Gibbs, everybody? 85 and 25. Valley got my coat stash before they got me. <laughs> so the, the prosecuting attorney <laughs> looked at the jury. They're saying that they're saying that Gibbs has been extorting Rogan, making him donate donate to Gary, Indiana. Is that true? That's what I'm hearing. He said he had people in Pennsylvania that was going to fuck Joe up. Is that true? I don't know. I'm not sure. No. Been a long time fan of Gangster Gibbs, man. It's just starting to get dangerous here.
I, I got everybody. I, I want to ask everybody tonight. Should you? Should Rogan have been canceled? Cancel culture. Does, do you guys agree with cancel culture? I see something by Putin. Putin was saying, Putin was saying that cancel culture is not good. I agree. I don't believe in cancel culture. I was telling Phil, I said somebody might want to cancel cancel the Bagland podcast. They were like, we don't like his audio. We don't like his narrative. We don't like his talking points. Let's cancel him. Can I be canceled? If I get about a hundred, if I get about maybe one thousand, well, not a thousand, but let's say I get about 10 to 15, 20,000 people start listening to me and shit. Can I be canceled? They canceled Donald J with the toupee. They said, well, he's a politician. He shouldn't be saying that stuff. I said, well, damn. If they took him off of Twitter, could they take me off of Twitter too? I'm just asking questions here. They say, well, Bagland DP. We're canceling you. We 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 don't we don't like you calling out cooning. We don't like you calling out race soldiers. Can you cancel me? I'm not a millionaire. Can I be canceled? He said, Oh, we got to lock him up. He's out there pushing that corn. Oh, and by the way, if you listen to the that whole US bank situation, now you got black folks cashing their checks. You have black folks that's cashing their checks, getting up, going to work. Now, y'all probably thought that situation here with Gangsta Gibbs and Rogans was bad. That ain't nothing. Listen to this shit. Now, before I do go into that, I want to tie that back into the U.S. Bank. What happened with U.S. Bank? Black folks going cashing their checks. I never really liked U.S. Bank in the first place, but listen to this right here. While black folks is getting arrested and potentially even shot, you see, when, when they call the police, you don't know how that could go. The brother could be having a bad day. The cop could come up, like I just seen the video, when he was getting ready to leave the bank, the lieutenant or the sheriff or whoever she was, she pulled him over and said, hey, did you just cash a cashier's check? You see what I'm saying? And he was like, yeah. What if the brother would have got out of line? What if he was just tired of the race soldiers? What if he was tired of that situation in the bank and he got to talking shit to that police? You can't arrest me. I'm because I'm black. Oh, you know, George Floyd, blah, 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 whatever. Fuck you. You know, you honky, blah, blah, blah. What if, what if that nigga would have just went off and said, I'm tired of this shit? And she would have shot him. Yeah. Someone could try to say, well, he overreacted. But you just called the police on this brother because he worked hard to get that 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 check. You caused his death. And I'm gonna talk about this thing on 38th in a minute again. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna leave this shit out the way. 
this is gonna I'm gonna tie this back around in a little bit. But while you got brothers out here cashing checks legally, cashing their own checks, and can't get out of a bank without getting pulled over, you have this happening. Belarus grants refugee status to Capitol Riot defendant. Belarus, am I saying this correctly? Belarus Belarus granted refugee status to Capitol Riot defendant Evan Newman, according to uh, Belarusian. I don't know how to, how to pronounce it. How do you say, uh, is it Belarus or Belarus? So the, the media circulated a photo of him apparently holding country documents. U.S. citizen Evan Newman received refugee status in Belarus. The document was handed to him in the Department of Citizenship and Migration of the Internal Affairs Directorate of the Brest Regional Executive Committee on March 22nd. In an interview with the state-run outlet, he said he had mixed feelings, but thanked Belarus who took care of me. I'm upset to find myself in a situation where I have problems in my own country. Court records indicate he does not have a lawyer and has been considered a fugitive. So look, U.S. officials said in December that Newman left for the country following 14 charges he received in connection with the January 6th riot. So you got white guys that are actually that participated in that. They keep calling it a riot. It was an invasion that was treason against the United States. Whether I agree with them or not, you broke the Constitution. That was a violation of treason and sedition against the United States. You are supposed to be hung or shot in a firing squad for that. You're supposed to be in Guantanamo Bay. All of those rednecks down there that was involved or anyone that was involved is supposed to be sitting in Guantanamo Bay. Now, they charged him with civil disorder, assaulting, resisting certain officers engaging in physical violence. See, they were beating up cops, all types of shit. So I'm just trying to find out where is the back the badge? Where's the blue code of silence? Where's the NRA? I, I'm not hearing anything from them. They're real quiet about this. I've seen some very upstanding law-abiding police officers that were trying to uphold the law against the invasion and the sedition against the United States in violation of the Constitution. Did you guys see that? I've seen a lot of police officers doing their job, trying to make sure that these invaders don't storm the Capitol. But I didn't see anything about back the badge. I didn't see anything about backing the badge. The development also comes amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine in which Belarus is seen as being complicit. Mm. So now you got brothers trying to cash their damn checks. This is much bigger than the Rogan situation. That Rogan situation, white folks call niggas niggas all the time. That don't really mean shit. But this, this dude got the, do y'all understand? Okay, where's Belarus at, man? This, this is crazy. This dude got refugee status. Can you imagine if a nigga went to go rob a fucking bank and then went to Uganda? Would Uganda let a foundational black American in after that nigga done robbed a bank? Man, but look, Belarus is right by Moscow. I'll be damned. It's right above Ukraine. Latvia and Lithuania is right above it. Moscow's to the right. I just watched a, a great, uh, a real, real good film called Child 44 on HBO Max. Y'all got to see that shit. Y'all got to see that shit. Listen, look at this shit. Belarus is right over, but it's right above Ukraine, right by Kiev or Kyiv or whatever. 
Poland to the left, Russia to the right, Lithuania to the north, and to the south, you got Ukraine. So this dude gets to commit a crime, sedition against the United States. Can you imagine if I would have did some shit like that? They would have came and got my ass. If I would have went over there to Liberia or Uganda or Eritrea or some shit, they might have came and got my ass. Like, nah, nigga, we going to extradite you back for your sedition against the United States. I would have been sitting in Guantanamo Bay for some shit like this. So while black folks, while black folks, so what, okay, now here's another question. That means you had relatives. Then I got to ask another question. Okay, Ukraine, we know that that's a racist, that's a racist government. We're seeing all types of Nazi organizations and this, that, and the third. Yeah, it would have been some modern day mercenaries. It would, they would have sent some people to bring me back, man. They wouldn't have let me. They wouldn't have let me stay. They wouldn't have let me stay. But as Phil says, hey, wherever race soldiers at your home. When I said those hundred thousand Ukrainians is coming over here, he said they're home. They're like, okay, you're white, you're home. That's how it's supposed to be. Whenever a black person, when I hit the motherland, I'm supposed to be home private military contractors. I don't know if they would have got them, but yeah, they would have hired some if it would have been, you know, that they, they would have never let me stay. Matter of fact, the authorities would have turned me over. If I would have been in Uganda, some shit like that, man, they wouldn't have hit me. It wouldn't have been like no Castro and uh, Saudi shit. No, they would, they would, they wouldn't have hit me. It would have been some, if I was in Uganda or Ghana or some shit like that, and I would be like, yeah, man, I didn't storm the capital over there. I need y'all to hide me. It would have been some coon niggas that would have sent me back home so he could get a green card. And, and a white woman. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been some nigga. It would have been some immigrant cool nigga that said, hey, man, I need this green card. Hook me up with this white woman as soon as I touch down. Now, amid that, I wanted to talk about Justice Thomas, a.k.a. Uh, he, he, if anybody don't know who Clarence Thomas is, he's pretty much he's he, he's pretty much a GOP Clyburn. This nigga's on the Supreme Court. He ain't no third good marshal. Let's be very clear about that. He's not a third good marshal. Justice Thomas discharged from hospital faces mounting ethics scrutiny. So look, his wife did some bullshit, right? His his wife did some bullshit. Let, let, let's go to the very beginning. So hold on. This is March. Hold on. This is March 25th. This is March 20th. Okay. And then we'll go into the next thing. Clarence Thomas's wife told Mark Meadows that the Biden crime family and ballot fraud co-conspirators would be living in barges off Gitmo to face military tribunal sedition, Tech said. So his wife, Jenny Thomas, then did something. And she looks like fucking Norm Kathy Bates off of misery. Um, So they say she pushed a QAnon adjacent conspiracy theory in text with Mark Meadows. You know, I was watching that HBO Max documentary about the Capitol. And I noticed a couple of them white guys that was out there storming the Capitol mentioned something about, I don't think it was Pizzagate or nothing like that, but it was something about these Democrats and far as them with children, something about pedophilia and shit. I was like, wait a minute. I, I kind of believe that shit, bro. Because I was looking at the who organization. And if you look at how, you know, a lot of the white LGBT and, and involved in that, and they, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You said it's old news. It is. But I was when I was looking at that capital invasion, some of them was talking about that shit. So I said, some of them, some of them is, you know, this shit sound crazy as hell. But I'm like, man, I don't know, bro. 
some of this, some of this shit sound like it's on point because the Democrats rarely, they don't really, they don't really speak against pedophilia. They don't really speak against, um, the who organization and a lot of these places that, um, what is it called? It, it was some, it was some conservative site I was looking at called the Federalist, where they were talking about how like they have these classes and they start talking about, you know, the kids learning about sex and all types of shit that don't even fucking matter. They're supposed to be learning about math and science and stuff. And they start talking about how they should put on condoms and anal sex and all types of bullshit. But the Democrats never speak against that. So it says Jeannie Thomas, she shared QAnon conspiracy theories and texts and all this shit. Okay. So they say that she's been a longtime conservative activist. Um, so they saying she had conspiracy theories and this, that, and the third, but they're not saying that she committed a crime. So they, they they haven't arrested her for anything. She, you know, she they say she did. Clarence Thomas's wife, they said that she had connections to the January 6th invasion. OK, so now and then let me tell you how they do niggas. And that's why I, 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 I gave this title tonight, the Plantation Operative Retirement Plan. If you're a suspected plantation or a confirmed plantation operative, a.k.a. Coon, there's going to there's not going to be a retirement plan for you. March 25th at 1.26 p.m. Is, is when I seen this here. Or, or when this was released. By Grace Panetta. This is from the insider. All right, and, and let me tell you how they said this. Look, you see how they're saying that she was the one making these statements and she has these connections, but they put it on this nigga. Now, look at this. Now, this is on March 25th. This is, this is yesterday. All right, now on March 25th, The Hill says, well, you know, I'm not sure about Clinton, saxophone bill, but shit. Wasn't that nigga hanging out with, with Epstein on his private jet? I heard he was on the private jet. Okay, now look at this. The Hill says Justice Thomas discharged from the hospital. Now this nigga ain't even barely left the hospital and they're already talking about ethical scrutiny he had flu-like symptoms diagnosed with an infection treated with intravenous antibiotics thomas faces growing ethics questions after recent reports of his wife's aggressive effort to overturn uh former trump's electoral defeat and participation in the stop to steal rally have renewed scrutiny of the justices refusal to step aside from related disputes that have come before the Supreme court. Now this nigga Kavanaugh, they done said this nigga been done touched girl, women, raped them, did all types of shit. He's sitting on the Supreme court right now, but see Clarence Thomas has been cooning for a very long time. This nigga ain't even got out the hospital and they're already blaming him for some shit. His wife, they say his wife did. All right. That's the next article. There's another article. Here's another article from the insider in less than 48 hours. This one was at 11:57 a.m. How Congress could impeach Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Recent reports have shed light on Jeannie Thomas's efforts to overturn the election. Some are now calling for Congress to impeach her husband. Impeach this coon ass nigga. Impeach Uncle Ruckus. 
that that's really what this is. This is an Uncle Ruckus situation. He pe- and he's sitting there laughing with it. You ought to see this picture. Oh man. Clarence Thomas should be in peak, said Elon Omar. Elon Omar, man. Somebody, you know, I'm going to open up the telephone lines in a little while here. Elon Omar, what the hell? That nigga. Clarence Thomas should be impeached. Elon Omar should be impeached for turning her back on the Somali community up here in Minnesota. She should be impeached. Senator Ron Wyden, an Oregon Democrat, called on Thomas to recuse himself from cases involving the Capitol riot investigation and the 2024 election. Yeah, see, they're saying, well, your wife. How to impeach a a Supreme Court justice. So the process of impeaching a Supreme Court justice is identical to the more well-tread procedure for removing a a sitting president. So the House has to draft articles. They need only a majority to impeach a Supreme Court justice, but two-thirds majority is required in the Senate to convict. They haven't even said this nigga did a crime. And I'm saying, Thomas, Thomas, that nigga's been a sambo for a long time. But what I'm saying is this is like, okay, you going to impeach this nigga because his wife did some janky shit? This is I'm white and I say so. This is I'm white and I say so against... Hold on. This is an I'm white and I say so law against a I think I'm white and I say so nigga. See, he he he's been cooning so long. He he probably thought he had a retirement plan. But as you can see, there's no retirement plan. Federal judicial impeachments are rare. The Brennan Center of Justice noted this in 2018. Removal is rare still. But guess who been backing him? Oh, Massa Mitch McConnell has come to his rescue. So we'll see how that goes. Let's keep it going. Behind his house, he got the big equipment. Pushing that corn, lock him up for 20 years. Judge said, well, uh, did you catch him pushing the corn? Prosecuting returning said, no, we didn't catch him pushing the corn. But he got the equipment to make the corn. And if he got the equipment to make the corn, he guilty of pushing the corn. Judge looked at the little hillbilly. He said, well, boy, what you got to say about that? Little hillbilly said, well, in that case, you better arrest me for rape. Judge said, what? Do you mean to stand in front of my court and confess to rape? He said, no, but I got the equipment. <laughs> and say every cop have to be insured. So we take out policy. Everybody carry a gun. I play this all the time. Rest in peace to Grandmaster Teacher Dick Gregory. This is, and see, all the Biden, all the black Biden butt kissers and the Negroes, man, we got to get down at all the offices unless it's too evil. Niggas should have been pushing this narrative right here. It's very simple. Very simple. Well, how do we reform the police? Police reform. How do we reform the police? Well, 
You can't reform no race soldier. That's like trying to say, well, how do we reform a rapist? You know, you know that nigga done raped my daughter and you raped my little sister. And how do we reform that nigga? How do we make him whole again? Yeah. See, when, when most of the niggas that was talking like that sound like this, well, the lesser two evils, you know, Hitler was just as bad as Leopold. No, he wasn't. The lesser two evils, well, had to, had to get Donald out of office or we going to get Biden. Or, you know, I, 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 Trump just make us feel bad. And that's almost like saying, well, you know, and it is another thing that them, the same niggas use this, 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 what they say. Well, you know, if, 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 if we didn't vote for the, for the Democrats, then, you know, that's going to be a vote for the Republican nigga. That's like saying that if you didn't buy a burger at Burger King, that would have been another burger for McDonald's. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me stop. God damn it. Okay. So, all right. If they would have said, this is what Dick Gregory said. You give all the police something to lose. Cause they don't really feel like they got nothing to lose. They were like, we can smoke a nigga. We got not, not, well, not eminent domain. What's it called? Help me out in the chat. Obi, help me out. What, what is it called when they can smoke a nigga and get away with it? I fear for my life. It's called, it, it, it's some shit that Clyburn was fighting against. Well, we don't need no, no, it's not eminent domain it's something it's it's something else what is it called somebody help me out in the chat not stand your ground no it's not stand your ground that's mainly for citizens but race soldiers got stand your ground right out the gate they got like a superior stand your ground it's called something else it's called hold on, hold on let me see let's look at we need to know what this word is police protection it was supposed to be something in the George Floyd bill. It should have been in there. Police protection law. Let me see if I can see what it's called. Okay, the Bill of Rights. Qualified immunity. Okay, qualified immunity. So basically, they can just smoke a nigga and get away. Qualified immunity. All right. So they already got that. And they got the prosecutors and they got a judge that pretty much will give you a Rittenhouse situation. So, you know, Rittenhouse gets pretty much got got treated like a race soldier on the force. That's, that's all that was. All you seen with Rittenhouse was he just got the treatment that he got the same treatment, not the Zimmerman treatment. I'm going to say he got the treatment like the cop to kill Mike Brown or the, uh, the, 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 the Hispanic race soldier that uh, ambushed and killed uh, Philando. He got that treatment. You see what I'm saying? Rittenhouse was basically a citizen's qualified immunity without ever. He was pretty much deputized right on the scene of the crime. All right. You know, you smoke these folks. OK, go, go on. Do your thing. We'll buy your Burger King. He pretty much got qualified immunity. He got a citizen's qualified immunity. So Dick Gregory saying. You give him something, something to lose. You let. Every cop let his kids go to college for free and you shoot a nigga, you lose your license that, you know, as of so many times. So you got to ask the question, do you hate niggas more than you love your children? It's that simple. Th that should have been the concept that the Democrats should have said to niggas. They would have Negroes that was going out there scared and terrified of Trump voting for Biden should have said, man, look, we want 
we we that's what we want. They should have had that shit written up, or we staying home. We don't give a fuck who wins. That's what niggas should have said. But they use Piccadilly Plantation politics to use scared Negroes to go to the polls and get nothing. Now we have more police. We have uh. Then we talk about it the other day. It's they giving police up here in Minnesota seven thousand dollars to sign on bonus, nigga. Hundred thousand Ukrainians coming through. I'm sticking by my damn prediction. You gonna have Afghans and Ukrainians gonna gonna be pulling niggas over, blowing them away. And then now they're talking about ending the little police settlement thing. You can't be like both of John's coon ass parents where, you know, you hugging the judge and, you know, they about to end that. In Dallas, they ended it. Didn't they end it in Dallas, Obi? If the police smoke you, you ain't getting no check. I think that should be nationwide. That'll force niggas to say, no, you know what? Justice. Fuck a check. I want justice. Because after that lawyer gets done with you, you sit up there with, you know, and you get crumped or any of them, by the time you get done paying them out and everything else, I mean, you, you, they can't, they can't pay you, repay you for your loved ones. So all the mercy killings, that shit's going to stop. That's going to cut back on coonery a little bit. I think they should end police settlements nationwide. I do. I think they should, I should, I was talking to my homie about it. He's like, well, damn, bro. He said, well, don't you think you should get a settlement? I said, man, look, it's become problematic. It's become too problematic because niggas start using it, talking about, well, you know, you, 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 you they start off talking like um, Arbery's dad that was down there in Georgia. Now, his mom wasn't with all, all that bullshit. But initially, well, all lives matter. You know, niggas start talking like that because they think they're going to get a check. It's not that I don't think that they should get it. Yeah, life insurance. So black folks should get life. All the black folks should get life insurance. And like Gregory said, they should tell the police, yeah, you lose you lose your license. You lose your license. You kill a nigga in cold blood, you lose your license. Or you see what they do that, yeah, you and you lose your license. That means you can't feed your family. So now his wife is gonna be like, Why you kill that nigga? Don't you love your children? Did you really have to kill that nigga? You hate niggas more than you love your children. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's a real, it's 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 a brilliant plan. That's how niggas should have been going to, um, the Congressional Immigrant Caucus, and you know they should have been they should have been going to Biden and all them and and, and crime koala. They should have been going to them like that. Like all right, no, y'all need to start passing shit like that, and that would eliminate half of these killings, these cold blooded killings. There was a case that I was watching on HBO Max where it was a brother named, um, I can't remember his name, but he was out there in uh, White Plains, New York. He was 60, 70 years old, ex-Marine. Um, he accidentally hit his heart monitor or some shit like that, and the police came in and ransacked him. They killed him. He kept telling them he didn't want him to come in his house, and he kept him out the house for a little while, but they came in and they killed him. He kept telling them, you can't come in my house. It's been an accident, but they wanted to come in the house. They was calling him the N-word, all types of shit. This was back in 2011. We didn't really know about this case, but y'all should check that out. Anyway. After being killed. Huh? The first time you violate that, you lose your license. If you're a cab driver, you can't drive. You can't be. I got no license. Now, do you hate niggas more than you like feeding your family? 
making your behavior changes. Hmm? Make you like me. Make you have to be careful about the people you do like. See, you ain't got to like me. I really don't care if you don't like niggas or not. It doesn't bother me whether you like me, but it makes you be careful about the people you do like. If you remember when Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones, what was his main concern? Game of Thrones is a great power case study. He said that he was concerned about legacy. He said, this is my last war. He told Arya Stark of House Stark that this would be his last war. He said, I didn't put in all the work. He didn't did all the work. He put in all the work. The House Lannister, you know, they had the bag. He was he was trying to make he was trying to get every all his kids on cold. These motherfuckers. You have one one that was always in a brothel, drunk. Then you had another, both of his 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 daughter and his son they was fucking each other and he didn't know like i mean it was just all types of his, his legacy was fucking up that was his concern his tywin lannister's concern was his legacy was you know you know that's what he was concerned about so now they have to tell their legacy hey i got to be concerned about you if the penalty is hey you're, you got to explain why you shot that nigga just because you didn't like him. And now your children can't go to college. Your children are going are gonna to despise you. Because you took something personal and brought it on a job and you wanted to take a life just, just because you wanted to. With no regard as to their, them having a free damn college fund. So, yeah. But see, we lost our leverage. Niggas did all that hollering and hooping. Motherfuckers rioted, did this, that, and the third. Man, America was at its knees. They would have gave niggas anything like back in the 60s. Niggas lost all their leverage. And what I noticed is when my homie Phil went live, he was telling me it was a big party. Motherfuckers was passing out beers. It was basically a big interracial plantation jubilee. I've seen a lot of niggas out there. I, I'm going to be honest. I've seen a lot of niggas out there listening to motherfucking hip hop, dancing and doing all this shit with Becky. And this is supposed to be about Mr. Floyd. But I got something else I'm going to play for y'all. And that goes to and that goes to my point, as I said, and I'm not backing down on it, that 38th in Chicago is not holy ground. Somebody said it was holy ground. It's not. A man was lynched. How the fuck is it holy? Mm -hmm. And every cop, they choose to go to school for free. Because you got to give them something that they can't afford to lose. That's simple. You drive down the street, you get five moving tickets, you lose your license. That's what makes you stop at that stop sign. Hmm? But, but they don't, the system doesn't want to punish cops. I didn't say that. I didn't ask you the question. I didn't say, did they? I said, here's how you do it. You telling me they don't want, huh? I'm leading into something else. No, no, I don't want you to lead into something else. Because okay. my ignorant grandmother, you have to tell me they don't want to punish cops like I don't know that. Before your ass was born, I knew that. I said, 
give them something to lose. Do you hate me, motherfucker, more than you love your children? <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, that's a, look, nobody in their right mind. America goes to war. They don't take entertainers and athletes to get liberation. Yes, sir. That's bullshit. You know, if he wants to be a friend. Now, you heard, did you heard what Dick Gregory said on that? I got caught that audio. That was important. He said, nigga, you can't expect no entertainers to liberate nobody. You can't expect no, you, we can't expect our entertainers to liberate nobody. Well, you know, all the rappers should have shut Joe Rogan down. No, no, no. They're there to entertain. You want to be a tap dancer? You're all right. You nobody get liberation from entertainers or athletes. It's bullshit. These are folks that ain't going to do nothing. Put it on them. What make you think they're going to do something? Most of your big black entertainers work for white agents. They don't even want to. He said most black entertainers work for white agents. They don't even want to be around niggas. <laughs> He's an entertainer. He knew. You know, Dick Gregory put in work. Dick Gregory was, was your revolutionary's revolutionary. He's telling you, man, ain't shit. Not, you know. Most of these niggas, you know, they got white agents. They're not, they don't even really want to be around no other Negroes for that matter. Be around Negroes, okay? They don't determine where they go. That's what this is about. How come you know all them black folks doing TV and all that them shows? They don't do nothing. They ain't supposed to do nothing. Them, when I go down on that front line, I'm willing to die. When I walk up on the stage, I don't expect to die. You heard what he said? He said, when I go on that front line, I expect to die. He said, when I go on that stage, I don't expect to die. That was cold. Hold on, man. We got to get some audio effects. God damn it. Fucking some cheering. Some round of fucking applause for Big Red and the rest of the peace, Grandmaster Teacher. Man is dead after shooting near 38th and Chicago and Minneapolis. Oh, say the shooting happened inside a house just before 8 tonight. First responders tried saving the man, but he died at the hospital. Police say that the victim is in his 40s, but the medical examiner will identify. Oh, by the way, does that, no disrespect to anybody, does that sound like holy ground? Does, does that sound like holy ground? You know, I was talking to one of my homies, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's from the area and shit. He's plugged in in the area. And I basically said, man, wait a minute. I said, this dude called the police. He let the police come in there, kill Floyd. That manager didn't come outside. And yet and still, no foundational black Americans own anything of consequence. But these folks probably selling all types of T-shirts. Man, when the, when the conviction, the Chauvin conviction came down, wasn't them Arabs throwing dollar bills up? How was that holy ground? It's been three, four niggas that got killed on 38th of Chicago. They say it's George Floyd Square. I will never call it George, George Floyd Square. Never. 38th of Chicago. Niggas still getting smoked. The fuck am I going to change the name for? You see what I'm saying? They can talk shit about Gangsta Gibbs. That nigga done rebuilt Gary. You see what I'm saying? Gary, Indiana's rough. How come, how come your Democratic politicians hasn't rebuilt Gary? 
Why does a rapper have to fucking rebuild to get the rebuild parks, rebuild Carolina Park and shit like that? Why does a rapper have to do that? Where's your Democrat supporters at? Where's the Biden butt kisser? Somebody call up in a second. Y'all call up in 10 more minutes. Say, I want a Biden butt kisser to call up. Where's the Biden people at? Explain that. Why isn't East St. Louis or Gary, Indiana? Why isn't Tupelo, Mississippi getting no love? I'm just asking. Why isn't Tupelo, Mississippi? Why ain't Gary, Indiana or East St. Louis getting no love? What's that? What's that little city down there? That little city down there in Michigan that's having a problem with their water. I ain't talking about Flint. It's another one. Was it Harbor? Benton Harbor? It was Benton Harbor. It was Benton Harbor. It was another place in Michigan. Why ain't they getting no love? Democrat cities, Democrat states. I sent my homie something the other day. I said, man, look, look how quick. Let me find this shit that I sent him. Hold on, hold on. I'm not saying vote Republican. I'm just saying, man. God damn. Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm sending something with Sean Price. Hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. It's way up. No, that's okay. Wait a minute. All right, hold on. It was an article. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I got. I got to talk about this. Community leaders. Now, remember, I told y'all that the Democrats were going to side with the GOP up here in Minnesota to 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 start. They're going to start passing crime bills for the carjackings. Carjackings is down in St. Paul, but no reports. Uh, but but reports have increased in Minneapolis. Community leaders said there's a long way to go. Listen to this. So they got uh somebody. said some dude Tyrone Terrell says he works in the community to a bank account. He likens the community to a bank account. He said, like your bank account, you can't make withdrawals without making deposits. We have to make a deposit of trust with these young people. The people, the young people don't trust the police for one. I mean, that's understandable. I'm not going to discredit his statement, but what I am going to say is this. It says, now listen to this. I'm not going to look at the numbers. Fuck all that. Law enforcement agencies have submitted 38 carjacking cases for review. Most of them, 22 are, which is half, is uh, adult offenders. Others are juveniles. Um, they said the juveniles are far more likely to be involved in carjacking cases. No, that wasn't the article that I needed. No, that wasn't the article. Hold on. That's not the article. I need that article right there, too. There was an article where they were talking about. It was an article where they were talking about. Something about, let's see here, hold on. I got to find this, man. It was an article that was talking about how they're going to allocate over $300 million. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. 
Let me see if I can find it. Hold on, that, that ain't it. There was an article. This it here? No. Wait a minute. That's not it either. Damn it. Vince McMahon knows nothing. Fuck. Okay, well, I, let me look at my email. Let me look at my email. Oh, here it is. This is it. This is it. Okay. Now, now this is this is from MSN.com. Now, cheat. Now, look at it. Listen to this. Minnesota House Democrats beef up plan to fight rising crime. Did y'all hear that? Do you remember what I said? I said that it wasn't going to be the Republicans. It was going to be the, it's the same coin. It doesn't matter. Minnesota House majority beefed up its public safety package with $50 million in extra money. That's not $50 million out the gate. That's extra $50 million. And call on Republicans who control the Senate to work with them to fight rising crime. The extra money on top of the original $100 million proposal would go mostly toward grants to the cities and 20 counties. 20 counties with the highest crime, hiring more police. So that little six, seven thousand dollars that you're seeing, watch, you're you're gonna see. Then the bill also includes 15 million dollars so that law enforcement agencies could able to afford body cameras. Ain't they supposed to already have body cameras? Now listen to this shit. This is what's gonna be interesting. The chiefs, the bill's chief author, don't this sound like something to you? The chief author. Remember the 94 crime bill, the chief author, Rep. Cedric Frazier of New Hope, said the money would help local officials, police chiefs, prosecutors, and community groups team up against rising violence, but they're not saying what they're going to do. What do you mean by team up? The plan includes funding to help recruit and retain officers. God damn it. Didn't I just call it out a few seconds ago? I didn't even read a whole fucking article. While better training them on the proper use of force, the duty to intervene in conflict de-escalation. We're going to retrain the race soldiers. I told you, remember I told you earlier today when I called you, bro, you got to get out of Minneapolis. Come out to Ramsey. And they ain't going to be better so much socially, but man, you shit, you might as well. The plan includes funding to recruit and retain officers while better training them on the proper use of force better training on the proper use of force don't they got a handbook on what they're supposed to do in regard to the use of force come on man conflict de-escalation now listen to this nigga and that's melvin that's the mayor talking oh lord anyway our this is what this nigga said listen to what he said our Republican colleagues constantly parrot that crime is a problem in big Democratic cities. That tactic is predictable as it is tiresome, Fraser said at a news conference, pointing at a map of the state that showed the counties with the highest crime rates and the fastest crime growth are scattered all across Minnesota. OK, well. But nigga, you wrote the bill. That's a crime bill. 
this is a Democrat that wrote this. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all, this is a Democrat that wrote this. Then he's trying to pivot to the, to, to the conservatives. He's trying to pivot to the, to the Republicans and tell you, well, they're saying that it's big crime and is that a third? Well, nigga, you wrote the bill. Municipalities, counties, and tribal units would apply for the grants in partnership with community groups and would have six years to spend the money. Melvin Melvin Carter said the grant approach would promote investments in alternative strategies and strengthen partnerships between community groups and law enforcement. Investments in alternative strategies. What the fuck does that mean? Pardon my French and, and German. What the fuck does that mean? It's not the same old approach to crime and community building. Man, let's just keep it real. I don't care what political side you're on or whatever. Let's just deal with logic. You're going to do one of two things. You're either going to lock some niggas up. You're going to get a stop and frisk thing going and lock a bunch of niggas up. Or you are going to create some programs where niggas can get some real money. Because niggas carjack and get ten, fifteen, six thousand dollars a car, man. Niggas ain't gonna work at McDonald's, man. I'm just gonna tell you. Democratic Governor Tim Walls, meanwhile, has been touring the state to promote his own three hundred million dollar public safety proposal. The Senate Democratic minority earlier this week made its own call for Senate Republicans to take more effective action to fight crime, unveiling a five hundred million dollar package aimed at both stopping crime. This doesn't. So now what they're trying to what, what this is what this sounds like. This sounds like the wolf in sheep's clothing. It sounds like, well, we're going to let the Democrats lead pallet pallet the, the, the plan. It sounds like the Democrats are they're both on board with it. Let's be very clear about that. The Democrats are both on board. The Democrats and the Republicans are both on board equally with this. Because, see. Now it's been a couple Negroes that probably done went out or some. Well, I've been seeing it's been a lot of white carjackers, too. Let's get not get it fucked up. I ain't going to put it on the niggas. No. OK. A couple niggas done went out there to Edina. Now, Edina ain't having that shit. You niggas start carjacking in Kowalski's and shit. <laughs> you got some, some old senior citizen people. They're like, no, nah, you going to stop these niggas. All that liberal shit goes out the gate. People we talking about Minnesota. Oh, it's so liberal and so open and open-minded. Man, listen here. Minnesota's a red state. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. I don't care how many Democrats is up in this bitch. It is not liberal. Any more than California. California got the three strikes. That's a conservative law. That ain't no, you know what I'm saying? So you 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 jacking these rich, wealthy people in Edina, and they're like, well, no, hold on. Y'all keep that shit in the ghetto, but you ain't going to come out here fucking with us. You got to think of the mind of a white person that got a, that, that got a home of one $1 million to $2 million. They got money. And here comes some nigga in a motherfucking GMC, a, a 2008 GMC pull, hops out and carjacks him. They're like, man, who the fuck is these Negroes? Where'd they come from? I thought this shit's only happening on East Lake Street. <laughs> you know, I thought this shit's only happening on Broadway and Penn. You know, so they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Them little town hall beatings they had, they said, no, no, I told y'all. I told y'all, man, what was going to happen. Look, now listen to this. 
but the chief Senate gatekeeper on public safety issues, Judiciary Chairman Warren Lemer of Maple Grove, said his panel has already heard numerous bills this session to hold criminals, judges, and prosecutors accountable. So now what they're saying is, hey, look, we're going to hold you Negroes accountable, and you judges and district attorneys, you're going to hold these Negroes accountable. We're going to hold you in account of these Negroes being accountable. In so many words, hefty sentences. Many reflect the traditional GO, GOP approach of tougher sentences. See, I said it. Predicted it again. Goddamn, man, the Bagland podcast. We've been hearing bills all session, and it's kind of funny that the critics are the very ones that just introduced their powerhouse bills, said Limmer. See? Yeah. Cedric Fraser talking about some, well, you know, and the Democrats do that a lot. Well, you know, it's the Republicans that are racist. It's them. No, nigga, you, you signed the bill. Y'all are all in this together. You are all in this together. We're not going to play that game. Him later. Investigators have not arrested anyone. Minneapolis North's run to the state championship is complicated by another. Remember when I was covering the basketball games out in New Prairie? Now this is in North Minneapolis. But, you know, Minnesota is very liberal and open minded. A racist incident directed at a player. Our Ren Clayton is live outside Williams Arena. And uh, what can you tell us on this, Ren? Yeah, the Minneapolis North boys basketball team just finished up this afternoon playing in the state title game, ultimately losing to Annandale. But this team has been through so much this season. It's been a long, hard road for them from the tragic killing of their classmate and teammate Deshaun Hill earlier this year to the teacher strike that has kept the kids out of classes for several days now. But earlier yesterday, I should say, after their semifinal win over Morris Chokio, Alberta, a player on the North roster received a racist and vulgar message on Instagram from a student at the opposing Chokio, Alberta school. Now, the Minnesota State High School League did make a statement today condemning the incident and saying that Morris and Chokio, Alberta schools have been in contact with Minneapolis North. They say the student is being held accountable. This comes in a sports season that has had several racist incidents with multiple Minnesota high schools. There you go. Well, it's been a while. It's been a good three weeks, but everybody, I appreciate you getting on board tonight. Welcome to the Bagland Podcast. This is Bagland DP, where we discuss politics, tech, and tangibles. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Fair use, YouTube, fair use. Like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, Bagland Podcast. Yeah, last time I, I could have sworn the last few episodes I had, you know, a conversation in which that new prey had some nigga issues. You had the teachers getting up there talking about, I can't imagine my kids living like this. Well, your kids ain't, your kids are ain't black, so of course you can't imagine it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, you know, we got to stand up and fight and... You know, they start, they get the little committees and this, that, and the third, rather than just saying, all right, we are, we're banning race, race soldier activity. And we're enforcing it. We're not just passing policies. We're enforcing it. That, that's how you get that out the way. That's it. Anything else is just BS. They, people want to politicize it so much. And, oh, well, let's do this and that and the third. And, 
we got to have a big giant meeting and let's all show up at the church and we can vote and have a fish fry and you know pastor deacon gonna pass the pastor poke chop plate and no man you ain't got to do all that you don't have to do all of that man you know niggas think that that's why you know like when my homie solomon was like oh you know you could you could lead black america no i can't the, the code is the leader the code of conduct should be the leader because what black people like to do as neely fuller says is black folks we like to congregate that's why you have the that's why the black church is spewed out you got a bunch of negroes that'll call congregate and say well you know if i just go to the church house and you know i'll just say i'm gonna change and you know the church doesn't it doesn't require results production and refinement it just says well come as you is and you know you ain't really got to change and you know you just, you just come as you is so they pretty much welcome the dusty bastard baby whorehouse hood rat twerking monday through friday and then go cleans my soul in the water of lake minnetonka on sunday no man see and so you got a bunch of negroes that'll that'll show up and we just congregate and we start talking about well let's go to this verse and that bro oh, all right and then we go outside and the race soldier blows us away well you know let's just go back to the church no nigga okay what is going to be the plan and how we resolve this issue well you know black folks are poor we ain't got no money so let's go back to the church no let's not go back to the church the church should have some kind of an economics class it should have some kind of a workshop where you can re register to get llc's you should have that's how it used to be back in the day they used to get shit done when Nat Turner was trying to get off the plantation, that nigga wasn't talking about no no plebiscite talk. That nigga wasn't talking about no, well, you know, uh, no, that nigga was on some revolutionary shit. He said, we gonna get off this fucking plantation. So he picked the most revolutionary verses out of the Bible and he used that for empowerment. That's what he used. And Minnesota got this shit real bad. I'm just gonna call it right out. You could go to... Man, let's let's lay let's let's go there. Fuck it. You could go right over there to Broadway, North Minneapolis, and pick your best church. And we have we have a town where you got some kids that can't even fucking read and write. But niggas gonna tell you to show up on Sunday. This could show up on Sunday, and niggas like to congregate. Niggas like to con it's like peacocks. Niggas like to congregate and all get together and babble and debate. Niggas want to babble and debate rather than actually coming up with a plan. I'm opening up my phone lines, man. Bill Solomon, you give us a call or Obi, give us, you know, you give us a call here. See, race soldiers, they don't, you know, they might go to church and this, that, and third, but man, they don't sit there and babble and debate. They get shit together. See, when niggas started going out there doing carjackings out in Edina, they had a town hall meeting. They weren't babbling or debating. They're like, okay, what are what's actually going to happen? What is actually going to happen about this here? This isn't going to be a babble. This isn't going to be a debate. 
You dig? Mr. Solomon. How you doing? How you doing? Oh, man. It's been a good three weeks. I've been talking my shit. I got my little drink here and my sparkling yeah. water. I see you're in rare form. Yeah, man, man. It's, it's Minneapolis, Minneapolis, man. You know, they, they just don't know. I've been I've been following up on this. And just looking at the structure, we and we were talking about, I don't know if you want to talk about it much, but we were talking about, we were texting about what's going on just in Minneapolis and kind of where I foresee the direction is going. And you were talking about Vegas. Yeah. You know, um, I'll, I don't, be in, I'll be in Las Vegas for sure. No later than next November. Oh, ne next November, 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not, okay. So the next year. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Not. Yeah. I got a, um, I got a lease here until then. I hear so that. Until I hear then, that. Until yeah. then, I ain't going to mess with that. But I mean, I might even leave a couple months early, but I mean, the sewer neighborhood, I don't do too much riding around, but the other day, I was driving around here in this area, man. I ain't seen nothing but dope fiends. This area is hooked on fentanyl, man. It's like how the older brothers be talking about the crack epidemic in the early 80s. This is what we're seeing now with the fentanyl epidemic, man. This ain't nothing nice. So fentanyl heads and the walking dead. So these guys. Man, they're walking dead, man. That's what they look like. The only good thing is they're too weak to actually you know really do anything to anybody you don't hear the only kind of i think the carjackings is a whole different thing the carjackings is money man there's chop shops in in minneapolis and in st paul yeah they ain't that, using fentanyl yeah that, that's a fentanyl. whole that's two different things and police need to be looking into where these chop shops are i guarantee you this amount of or uh, carjackings ain't just a bunch of kids trying to joyride there's money involved in this yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Like when I actually did it, when they had that homicide detective on their tongue or the gang unit, when he when I when I pulled pull that audio off at CBS and he was saying, "Man, these niggas get up sixty thousand dollars for a damn Hellcat." I said, "Damn, think about that." Yeah, a motherfucker going that changed somebody's life. Yeah, first thing I, a motherfucker's going to do is uh, first thing a motherfucker's going to pull a gun on you in a second, man. I, I couldn't. That's a life changing it was, thing. It, it is. I mean, I I was. Cause you know I was, you know how I was about it. I was pretty critical, and then I had to think about it for a little bit. Think about it about their shoes, and I said, "Well, you know, if if you got a Hellcat, if you fifteen, if you seventeen years old, because okay, the price of living is going up. Nine times out of ten, let's be clear, these kids, they mamas is probably hood rats, bastard baby. Their daddy probably ain't nowhere. Their parents probably ain't about shit. Nine times out of ten, okay, so they're like, well, look." Chipotle, fuck that. They're like, well, I still me a Hellcat for sixty thousand. Even if man, if you're six, if you're seventeen, eighteen years old, dude, and you walk around with thirty thousand, I mean, how much of us make thirty thousand in a fucking week, dude? Like, man, come on. Man. I had to think about that for a minute. So I said, okay. Then they mentioned the gang war. So I said, okay, if they get thirty thousand dollars, and they can say, well, hell, you know, I I don't. I don't necessarily got exact. You could get you could get a thirty thousand dollar lick 
you could buy you could hustle you could buy you some weed or whatever you want you could buy you some pounds and you could buy you some pipes because you know they said a lot of it's about war too you know the ops and all that so they could get them some little fully auto models they get some real nice pipes they get some real nice pipes to to get them moving around in the streets Man, they can get them under the car it's not they get all that thirty thousand dollars dude it's non-negotiable to think that some kid running around in the inner city trying to hustle is not going to try to take a payday like that. That's the difference between being somebody who's buying drugs and trying to flip it on the streets to being a kingpin. <laughs> 30, yeah. 30, 40, $50,000 in your pocket running around. If you got any sense to you, you're the guy supplying everybody. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's, that's non-negotiable. So that's what the police need to look at. But I want to go back to something that you were talking about earlier. You played that clip of Booker T and Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to give you some context on that, Booker T accidentally had a match against Hulk Hogan. This is in 1996. Had a match against Hulk Hogan coming up and accidentally called him a nigger. So fast forward. Now, YouTube wasn't around back then. So if you didn't hear Booker saying that at the time, you didn't really know. You're right. So fast forward about 10 years later, 10, 11, 12 years later, now you got YouTube and everything. So Vince McMahon gets wind of that. Oh, Booker used the N-word, so I guess I can use it too. So he he said that later. Oh, when Vince said it, that was at least 10 years, 10 to 15 years later. Okay, so he wanted to say that shit. He like yeah, he, that, but, that gave him the But the thing is, is once YouTube got in got involved in, in society, now that clip started generating a Booker saying that. So Vince seen that clip and he said, wait oh, and Booker's in that skit. Right. As well. So when Vince gets wind of that, okay, Vince goes, all right, I'm going to say that. Vince's idea, saying the N-word at the time, is he was trying to drum up some controversy. Right, right. But again, the thing is, if no nobody cared, because at the time, nobody was really watching WWE. It wasn't really hot at the time. He thought, like, the national media would get involved, and it created controversy because that controversy would get ratings for him. But it didn't. What year was now, that? When Vince said it, I want to say it was about 2012, maybe in that time oh, yeah. frame, maybe, yeah. but I, it could even be 10, somewhere around there, you know, because I'm looking at the, the time Vince looked kind of young. So I'm thinking it was about 2010. Now, with Hulk Hogan, when he used the N word, that wasn't involved with a skit, that was somebody recording him in his private life. Like on some bounty hunter shit, some dog bounty hunter shit. Like they just called him. Yeah, yeah. Well, dog the bounty hunter. What is his? Was his daughter recording him? But yeah. uh, or his son? But this one, it was somebody. Some somebody recorded Hogan using that, and he did. And the thing is, is uh, uh, he he really paid the price for that because Hogan went from being he's still involved somehow, but Hogan went from being the ultimate legend of of pro wrestling to being one of the legends now, if that makes any sense. He was on his own pedestal, but now he's just another amongst another legends. You know what I mean? So, so he who fell really, down the rung. Who? Okay, so when he said that, 
who really paid it much mind? Because I mean, I heard about it, but like, who was really uh, well, was it Al yeah. Sharpton or some shit or who? who no, really... nobody like that paid any mind to it. But why it was a national story is because what it was is it was a sex tape. So he was fucking some girl, <laughs> and then what ended up happening is the girl ended up recording. She had a camera in the room. So amongst that, when she was she was recording Hogan fucking her with the idea of selling it. Oh, now, okay. in, in the process of that happening, they got to talking about her his daughter dating a black guy. So when that came out, he said, you know what he said about, you know, his daughter. I wish she was if she was going to date a nigger. I wish she was a seven foot NBA nigger. You know, mm-hmm. so, what, so, was- so okay. so what happened is why it became a national story is because she sold that tape to uh, a media company called Guacker. Guacker, have you ever heard of them? Guacker, something like that. She she sold the tape to them. So then they released a portion of the tape. When they did, Hmm. Hogan sued them. They wanted a very fat settlement because Hogan didn't want the rest of it released because if it did, it was going to be a lot worse. That was only a minute clip because the WWE took them out of the Hall of Fame. Oh, damn. Okay. He lost a national media endorsement deal with uh, uh, Center. So Hogan mm. lost a lot on account of that, using the N-word. And it was only a minute clip. Now, him suing, the people that had that tape said, if we would have released the whole tape, you'd have never heard of him again. And then mm. now, here's, now here's the kicker. So the WWE brought him back after about a couple years. Now there's there's these there's these black wrestlers that are real popular called the New Day. They're a crew of three guys, right? They're about the only real foundationals in WWE to kind of try to. They made the WWE allow them to put their fists in the air when George Floyd was going on. So Hogan had a chance, and this is a real life. He had a chance to apologize to the whole locker room. Instead of apologizing. He said, y'all got to watch out for what you guys are saying. There's a lot of cameras around. He didn't Mm. apologize. So what happened is a new day walked out on that. So the WWE slowly, you know, tried to, you know, bring him back as a legend. So last year they had him host WrestleMania as a host. And they seen that it wasn't going over well. So they brought a black dude to be the co-host with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, to try to clean it up. Titus O'Neil's a guy's name. So in a couple of weeks, they said, well, this ain't going over well. So the only good thing about that is Hogan's career is washed as far as companies messing with him. Foundationals that were fans of his are still fans of his because they're probably coons. Me personally was a great fan of his, you know, as a child and everything. I'm no longer a fan of his. I don't get excited to see him or anything because I know he doesn't like me. He said it himself. If you hear that minute clip, he says, you know, I wish my daughter was dating a seven foot nigger, a millionaire nigger. And he's like, I guess I am a racist. That's exactly. It's a quote from that clip. I guess I am a racist. Yeah. 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 And never apologized to this day. All he said was watch out for what you say. Now, Booker T. Mm -hmm. Has always felt guilty by using the N-word. So here's what Booker T told Hogan. He said, why don't me and you go on a tour 
to different schools and talk to young kids about using the N word. We can turn this. <laughs> we could. We could turn this into a positive. Booker oh, T shit. and Hogan going to the schools. You know, we're going to talk to the kids about using the N-word. Hogan turned them down. (laughs) (laughs) And and then here's another kicker. Here's another kicker. Now, look look up this clip. So when when Booker's cutting that interview, that promo, and he said, nigga, we coming for you, Hogan, nigga, or something, whatever, he accidentally says that. He says that nobody noticed, though, behind the scenes at first except Hogan. And he said all Hogan said to him the next day was, "Well, if I'm if I'm a nigga, I'm the richest nigga in here." <laughs> <laughs> and he said Booker laughed when he said that. He's like, "Well, Booker, if I'm a nigga, I'm the richest nigga in here." What's up with Ric Flair? Was, was Ric, Ric Flair, Flair was it was it Capoeira? Was it all cap? Or was Ric Flair what? really out there with that fur and that limousine? Was that all Capoeira? No, no, Ric Flair was the first person on TV flossing. Custom-made suits. Hell yeah, custom-made suits. I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. You know what I mean? Rolex watches, limousine wear, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Oh, yeah, that was... Ric Flair was in the early 80s. He was living a life. That was... I mean, but he was broke. If Ric Flair made 20000 for a match, he spent twenty five thousand that night. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So he really no, no, no bullshit. Ric Flair lived that life when he was cutting those pr- interviews in the early eighties, and he's talking about women meet me in room three sixteen. All that was the r- truth. All that was the truth. Okay, so Ric Flair, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't an act. Ric Flair really had no. There was not a character whatsoever till today. He's been married seven times. He just divorced some bitch again now at 72 years old. He's still God the nature damn. boy. He's oh, still the shit. man. It's not a, it's not a gimmick. So the Migos, when the Migos had him in that video, that was real. Like they was That was real. That's why they they had, really okay. idolized him. Rapping. But, you know, here's the crazy ironic thing is for the, the Migos and for him to be so popular in the hip-hop culture, Ric Flair don't like nothing black around him but his socks. Rick Flair is about that. Yeah. Go look up. Now you got YouTube. You got it and your viewers do. Look up a guy named Teddy Long. Teddy Long is a former manager and referee in both in a lot of different wrestling companies. He'll that tell you a story about dude, Rick. Right? Yeah, black dude. He'll tell you a story about Rick Flair calling him a nigga right to his face. Nigga, you want to keep your job? Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Ric Flair has been openly, he's an open Republican, open back back to blue, even The Undertaker. As much as I love The Undertaker, respect him, I seen him on his documentary wearing a black back to blue shirt. Why would you be wearing that on your documentary? You want the world to know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Back, We back in the blue. They killing niggas, but we back in the blue. When you say that blue. right now, 10 years ago, if you said back to blue, whatever. But today, when you say back to blue, you're saying there's two sides as you. We killing niggas, but we don't care. Y'all niggas yeah. is cutting up. Yeah, back to blue is is. I remember, I I was, I don't remember how old I was, but I don't know. I can't remember if I had a car or not. I'm not sure if I did at that time. But I was looking for work or something. I was at the, you know, the downtown Minneapolis library. I went down there and I was sitting there working on my resume. 
And some race soldier was sitting by me. I mean, he looked like your classic silent to the lamb motherfucker. Like, I mean, he you look like you could tell something was like mentally off with him. So he's over to like my left hand side. And I'm kind of sitting down in front of the computer. He's at the computer. It reminds you of uh, not American History X, but um, like higher learning. It was like he was a lame ass Remy. He was one of them, one of them kinds. Like just real lame. Yeah. You know, he didn't get no holes. He gets just lame. Just racist and lame. Just full so, of hate. Yeah, just just love. But he, 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 even the Beckys don't like him. He's just lame. Just all around lame. Just a lame ass race soldier. Ain't got no swag. You know, and so he, what he did was he got up after a while. Maybe he was tired of sitting by me or something. I mean, I wasn't paying him no mind, but he had a piece of paper and it was a real small, like a little notepad piece of paper, or whatever, like a, um, like a, not a snippet or whatever they call it, but you know, like a little square, it's about maybe, maybe two inches and a quarter length and width maybe uh and so he wrote two z's and kind of slammed it on the table like a little bit like not, not like a slam but like kind of like 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 here he didn't put it right next to me but he put it close enough to where it's noticed it was notable where i'm like okay what the fuck so he wanted you to see it he wanted me to see it so it now he didn't know that I knew what it was, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm acute to Nordic symbols. So it was the, you know, it was the, do you know the Nazi SS? You know, the little, it looks like, it looks like a yeah. Z, but it's an S. You I see what I'm saying? Not neo-Nazi. Yeah. So, so, so he, he put that on the paper and then he got up and grabbed his backpack and, and rolled out and left kind of stormed off. So I kind of made, and I, you know, I was around that time, I had already seen higher learning. So it kind of reminded me of the situation where Remy was in there and he had his hat. Michael Rapp Rappaport, lame ass. Yeah. Yo, 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 Bob. He was looking around at everybody in the library trying to figure out that, well, you know, it's this person. He's kind of indoctrinated in a white supremacist code. So, you know, once he gets a little confident, then he finally takes off his little skinhead, you know, with everybody taking the test. So he's, you know, so he was one of those. Um, and I picked up the notepad. I picked up the little piece of paper and I examined it. You know, and I looked at it and I said, at first I said, well, maybe this is just a ZZ or some shit. Or just like, but then when I thought about it for a minute, I remembered, I said, oh, I know what this is. So I didn't get upset. I just, I took it for what it was. You see what I'm saying? But he didn't know that I knew. He right. didn't know that I knew what it was, so I I, I kind of knew. So I always knew about about that kind of stuff. It's real subtle, and that's why I say like, that's not I'll, subtle. That's mental health. Well, well I mean, just think about it, that. It, if he's really about something, he'd have did that and stood stood right there. Yeah, and he he was, and I could tell I by the very fact because you know uh, uh if it would have been one of those. If it would have been one of those race soldiers where I'm trying to think of a, I don't really recall too many situations where a white guy that stood on, me, you know what I'm saying? Right in front of me. Now, maybe if I would have been somewhere else, you know, or if I would have been outnumbered at a bar or some shit like that, they might've did it, but just by themselves, most of the time 
you really don't unless they got the police to back them or some shit like that. I don't really I don't really recall a white guy gets doing some shit like to me and standing on it like, OK, yeah, you nigga, this, that and the third and I'll do this and do that. I've never had that situation before. You got to be and, in a situation to see that. I mean, you got to think. You know, you living in the inner city, you're not you're never going to see that unless you're dealing with police. Right. So yeah. you, you have to be you have to be. And I've been in these situations a lot, so I can give you firsthand accounts. But you have to be in situations where white people have the complete leverage. Over you to really see what they're about as people like you got to be in, like I remember being on a I've been in situations where I was the only black dude in the room. Countless times in my life, countless, you know, and you know that countless. Yeah, yeah. I remember being on a boat party, and I'm saying, "Man, we're gonna throw you over the boat." I said, "I'm gonna take a couple you." I said, "I tell them take a couple you motherfuckers with me," and they shut up. But it just goes to tell you, man. I tell you situations where you're talking about new prey. I used to date a girl. I used to date a girl whose brother lived in New Prague. So she wanted to, after about a year going together, she wanted me to meet her family in New Prague. And I never even heard of this spot at the time. I was like, let's go. So we go out there, they're having a, uh, they drinking in the garage. You know, she got, they got about 20 people down there. They getting drunk in the garage with kegs and shit, you know. It was cool. So eventually, they got to fighting these white boys. I don't know. I don't know them, but they got to they got to fighting. The police got called. There's about thirty people in here, mind you, right? I'm about forty feet from what's going on. Ain't got nothing to do with it. Police roll up. First person they talk to is me. They beeline past everybody. Come to me. Give me see your yeah. ID. I said I didn't call the police. I wasn't involved in this altercation. I don't even know the people in this altercation. They said, well, we're going to get everybody's ID, but we starting with you. And they're like, you know Chavez and them and that little biker gang? I said, hey, man, this is my first time being over here, man. I don't know nothing about these people. But when they come in there, they're assuming you're selling drugs. Right. What are you doing? You know, and I'll tell you another story about white. Now, I learned then at this point, I learned now over here across the street, they got the biker bars. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Not the caboose. There's another one that's closed now called a Whiskey Junction. I used to go in oh, there yeah, because yeah. Uh, I used to have different entrepreneur reasons for why I was there, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I would be at these kind of places. One day I had a, a guy that I used to know, a real coon-ass motherfucker. I'll talk to you about him down the road, but it's a real coon motherfucker. But I was getting to know him. So me and him was walking in. I walk in. Before I even totally walk in, I hear him playing Leonard Skinner. I don't know if any guys know that <laughs> shit. Right? Yeah. So I hear playing that. I turn around and walk right out. And then my the dude I was with, he said, man, why the fuck you do that? I'm like, look, you know when they say nothing good? A, you never want to be in a situation where they're, you're, there's total leverage. What are two black dudes doing in here when they're playing Leonard Skinner? If we get in a fight, the police are going to roll up and say, either y'all are selling drugs or you're looking for trouble. You know what I'm talking right. about? So that yep. goes, and that and that goes, it's like, there's leverage on so many levels. It's like, if you ain't hustling, there's no reason for you to be in a room full of white people because you're nine times out of 10, you ain't going to be 
around nine or ten white boys that are like Eminem or down white boys. There ain't too many of them. There's a couple of them, but there's not too many down white boys to that extent. So that, like the guy you were talking, what's his name, Spencer? You was talking about him? I kind of, mm-hmm. I, I can't say I, I only heard a two-minute clip. W- once I hear about any kind of segregation, I, I kind of agree with it, you know? Because if you look at things, man, prior to segregation, foundational blacks were the most di- diligent students. Tell me and whenever I'm wrong. Were very w- properly spoken, very, spoke properly, very highly respectful to their parents. You mean prior to segregation or integration? Prior, prior to, prior to, prior to whites and blacks mingling together. Oh, integration. That's integration. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Integration. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Prior to all this, and then what happened is once this integration came in, who wrote the book when it comes to disrespecting mom and dad? Mm-hmm. White. You know what I'm saying? That's a white culture thing. Uh, not really having good marks being rogue and renegade, that kind of stuff wasn't in the uh, black community until no, integration. It, it didn't. See, what, what integration did, that's why I always I always bring up the term cocaine, Cadillacs, and white women. What integration did is, and um, I know Jason Black of the Black Authority, he illustrated it much more than I could have, but he had, a, he had a program called do you trust old people talking about the civil rights generation? See, we grew up, you and I, we grew up thinking when we were kids that most of the Negroes that was out there with King and X and, you know what I'm saying? The Panthers and stuff like that. We, we thought that a lot of those people, such as our parents and a lot of folks that we knew, we thought that they were with them. And actually that was a very, very, very chosen few. Most of the Negroes from the civil rights generation all them niggas wanted was a Cadillac, some cocaine, and a white woman. They traded and squandered all of the resources that the World War One and World War Two generation built for them. So, like the people that were in, uh, that built Rosewood and built uh, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and like everywhere. Like when you talked about that, that that dichotomy of black folks that were excellent, fresh off the plantations, cut literacy in half in less than twenty years. I mean, literally fresh off the plantation, really building their own and had to be in these enclaves because white society, you couldn't shop there. You couldn't go there. You see what I'm saying? You couldn't go here or there and everywhere. So you had to be amongst black foundational blacks. The, the generation from the World War One or World War Two generation, they built everything for them and they passed it down to them and them niggas took the money and fucked it all off. Right? So... It was a very chosen few that were following in like the Panthers and Medgar Evers' footsteps and in King's footsteps and in Malcolm's footsteps. They was calling them niggas crazy. They was the same niggas that was running around talking about, well, as long as you keep your head low and pull up your pants, the police won't shoot you. Those are the same kind of niggas. So when you bring up that that rogue element, they were the rogues. But they but when they talk to us, a lot of times when we look up the civil rights generation, you and I and as kids, when we were at South and we were at elementary school, we thought that everybody was out there, really out there with King and really out there revolutionary. And they wasn't. Them niggas was hiding. Them niggas was doing the same thing that you sent sent me on that live where niggas was 
it was a plantation interracial jubilee. Oh, let me find, let me drink and it wasn't oh, a, George, it, it, what George it was, Floyd. it was a lame, it was a lame jubilee. They had spiritual jubilees. That was a lame, lame a jubilee. Lame, a lame jubilee. Because you got a lot of homeless people in Min Minneapolis. That was just something to do. See? Yeah, it's, that's how it was. It. That that's how do. it was in, in integrate. Integration was basically. What about what that happened in New York City? They wouldn't oh, have been able God. to stop that. Look at what happened in Atlanta. They went in the damn CNN Center. They got serious with that shit. We're gonna really make some real waves. Yeah. The only fucked yeah. up part is, I don't know if a lot of people know about this. You do. In Atlanta, they got something called Black Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they they damaged a lot of that. You know, which didn't really make a lot of sense. But, um, the, you know, that just goes to show that that was a key leverage point right there in America for black America, DP. During that that nationwide rioting that even split into Europe. That right there was a leverage point for black America. Had there been a, a DP, a Dr. Claude Anderson, somebody who was a spokesman who had the power to turn on the light and turn off the light. White America could have negotiated with him. We want this, 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 and this, and everything will stop. The last white time, people were scared, man. They were scared. They were terrified. The last time that we had that we had a situation like this was during the Rodney King riot, the LA riots, and back when you mentioned you said during integration, when 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 they you gotta think after King was killed. And the riots jumped off. You know, you remember in school, they used to try to paint that we shall overcome, get slapped in your face and just turn the other cheek. That was a lie. The reason why they started passing certain laws and certain stuff is because niggas start turning up. That's the yeah. reason why it wasn't a bunch of white folks. that just felt bad. They, they got scared. And that was the point. And what happened is we had the same thing we have now. You had a bunch of Negroes running around talking about, well, hey, just like these nonprofits here, no disrespect, but you know how they get down here, these nonprofit for profit organizations. Well, you know, give me a Cadillac and put some money in my bank account and let me sell the descendants and the young people to hell. You see what I'm saying? Um, let me get this white woman, because I because I used to get strung up from a tree tree. So it was experimental, niggas taking acid and fucking woodstock and all this shit. And niggas feel, well, I'm, I'm accepted now by white society so you could have all your businesses. So we gave up all of our businesses for colder ice. You see what I'm saying? And around, around yeah. that time, the race soldier said, okay, all these niggas want is a white woman? Yeah, we'll let them fuck a white woman here and there. We'll let them fuck a white woman. We'll let them give them a job downtown. They could have a nice shiny suit, come to my hotel, and you could ride in the front of the bus. Okay, cool. Hell, and they're they're like, getting, the thing with white women is, is, you know, a lot of people look at it a certain way, but if you look at the, 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 the white women that date black men, if you look at it from a white boy's point of view, you're not getting the, the top echelon white girl. No, you're getting the bottom. You really, yeah, you're getting, yeah, you're getting, <laughs> you know, unless you dating, uh, unless you dating, uh, I don't know, uh, Kelly Clarkson or whatever, right, whatever yeah, one yeah. of these bad white bitches making some money. Unless you real Miley Cyrus, or unless you pulling something like that, these white boys laughing at you. You getting some shit we don't want. 
and that's what I'm saying. But the but yeah, the Negroes we don't fucking want the Negroes around bitch. that time. That's what. Yep. And 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 they look at her like, okay, you ain't coming back. You with them Negroes? You tame. Oh, you're done. You're, you're done. done. You're done. And you're done. The, the last the, white the, woman I dated, she was a little older. So and I was a fir- and the only white woman I like is if I'm the first black dude you've been with. You know what I mean? After that, it just becomes a game. You know. Mm-hmm. So. I, I told her though, understand you bringing me out to your little town where you live and in Farmington and all this. Once they see you with me at these gas stations and everything, they're not gonna like you. Then you break up. They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna feel, you know, different. They're gonna feel differently towards you. You know, there's some real race soldiers in here. A, they don't like inner. I mean, if you're a race soldier off top, you're not gonna like interracial dating. Not at all. No, that's just, you know, that's just how it is. But, you know, to get back to the Spencer character, this this young man that I've seen, I'm going to do a little more research on him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Richard Spencer, you know, let me give you a little insight. Richard Spencer is pretty much the quintessential. He calls himself a nationalist. He's a race soldier through and through. And oh, see, yeah. Spencer, What's he they, running for? What position? He's not, really run, he's not really running for anything. He's basically just, <laughs> he's hey. just we're running we're him all, out? Yeah, he's basically like, look, I'm a race soldier. I'm a white nationalist. He doesn't call himself <laughs> a white supremacist. It's the same thing. But, you know, he's basically like. Well, they have like, to understand, DP, they're trying. Do you remember the Green Party? Yeah. These different yep, terms. Yep. That's just when the word Republican became tainted. White supremacist. Mm-hmm. It's, it has a negative connotation. Ku Klux Klan has a negative. So they come up with Proud Boys. It's all the same thing. It's just got a different name to it. Yeah, he's not running, but you gotta admit, DP, he's got a mouthpiece on him. Oh yeah, yeah, he he's he's pretty brilliant. Now who's the idiot that he was debating? He was debating a fool too. He was baiting rigor mortis Roley. He was and this nigga's been running his mouth too. But see, Roley, (laughs) this guy, he this guy, who was that? That wasn't Roland. The guy that he he was was debating on that clip you gave me, that was Roland. No, that was some that was some Uh, African nigga. No, that that guy was a fool too. Now is this Spencer guy? Is he from America? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Richard Spencer basically is. Oh, like, he's American. He, yeah. He's a preeminent race soldier. He calls himself a white nationalist. So he, this is what he said when they, and, and you know, he'll tell you, like, if you ask him, he ain't like one of these white boys, like from Minnesota, you'd be like, Hey man, you know, is there white privilege? Oh, there's no such thing as white privilege. You blacks have all the privilege. No, he'll tell you. He'll be like, <laughs> yeah, there's white privilege. And then you know what he'll tell you? He'll be like, I want more. He'll tell you to your face. He'll be like, I want as much white privilege as possible. He says, I'm white and I want more privilege. <laughs> What's wrong with so, that? So, so, when I, so when I when I meet, meet a white man talking about, well, you know, I don't agree with reparations and there's no such thing as white privilege and all that. I'd be like, what about Richard Spencer? They get real quiet if you ask them that because Richard will tell you, look, I'm for the white man. And I want the white man to have all the benefits. He said, you know, we build everything. I mean, we do everything. And so he'll say stuff like that. So, you know, he'll he'll like, for example, he was on this uh, documentary by uh, the Black Authority. Jason Black did a documentary called Race War. Judge Joe Brown's on it. Richard Spencer's on it. Jared Taylor's on it. And Spencer's told him he he asked. It's a great documentary. I got that. I love it. I watched it. I sat here and watched it. Um, So. Spencer basically, he asked Spencer, Jason asked Spencer, he said, look, you know, what do you think about the Confederate flag? And 
you know how you hear all these rednecks talking about the flag, this, that, and the third. Richard told him, he said, look, man, if you were a black person, I can understand why you're upset about the flag. And then he would ask him, he said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, that flag, it didn't mean nothing positive for you. He says, I can understand with you being a Southern black person. You see what I'm saying? But what he was saying, bro, was, you know, this flag was for me. Wasn't it? It wasn't. It didn't help yeah. you out. It was for me. He says, yeah. but to be honest, I don't give a fuck about it. So he said, what do you mean by that? And he says, I'm more concerned about white people winning. And he said, well, what about morality and all that? And he said, man, that don't really mean shit. He says, you know, I'm trying to win. He says, now, far as whether it's fair or not, he said, I don't believe in fairness. I believe in winning. He says, so that Confederate flag, he said, it's cool, but I don't really give a fuck about it that much. I'm more concerned about the white race winning. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, what's so, 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 but what's wrong with that? I mean, what, no, he's what's honest. the problem he's, he's, with that? He's honest. He's honest. So what I'm saying is, and then now he's, he's considered to be like the, he was the leader of the new all right. But then he, after that shit went down, a lot of them went to jail. He said, okay, the all right. The what? The all right. That was a, what's it, all right. That's a crew. No. Yeah. It's, it's just what? basically a, a, a new, a new race soldier term. That's all it is. Like you said. All right. All, all, oh, okay. All, I get it. I yeah, get it. All right. Everything you're saying is right. Yeah, so all, well, all, all, all white, all white, or all right, alt right. So A L T. So alt. So alt alternative right, oh, right okay. wing. Alt right. Yeah, so basically, this... we're far, yeah. far right. Are we're conservative? We're conservative to the far, 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 far right. Like we to the farthest of. It's just another term they come up with. That's the. You want me to give you? You want me to give you and your viewers, you and your viewers here, some breaking news? Some real yeah, breaking earth. Yeah, doing until, until they cut us off. Yeah, I'm going to give you some breaking earth-shattering news. If the world came up with integration again, where it's over now, blacks can only be around blacks and whites can only be around whites. Do you know what would happen? There'd be a new, new racism. There'd be dark-skinned blacks against light-skinned blacks. There'd be... Uh, Whites with money against whites with no money. So hate is a mental trait. Toxic toxicity is a mental trait. So to to think that you're gonna fight racism and this and that, and you're just fighting, you want to just take your take find a wall, take your head, and just ram it into it. You know what I mean? Because it's not gonna happen. What you need to do is be able to function. And how can I win? Amongst this hateful atmosphere, how can I take myself out of this atmosphere where my money and my happiness isn't dictated by a one hour speech by the president or every four years in November? Yeah. We get well, to that point, people. Well, get to well, that we point, did. not the you know, and then, and then you want to talk about reparations, DP, to be quick on that. You know what's going to happen when foundationals finally get their reparations it's not gonna first of all they print money so like yeah. let's always remember yeah. that people you know what I'm talking about there's a machine that prints money oh we need some mm -hmm. more okay let's get it you know what I'm saying so now you got only that and if that doesn't work they will take the funds from somewhere else do you remember uh 
when the NFL players were were kneeling for the anthem. Yeah. Have you yeah. noticed that that has that doesn't happen anymore? No one does it. You know why? Not at all. Because when Kaepernick kneeled and this and that, other players came up with a crew called the Black Coalition. And the NFL told them we will donate a hundred million dollars a year to whatever black charities you want if you make sure nobody kneels for the anthem, basically. Mm, you know what I'm saying? So, so these guys, they took the check without Kaepernick's approval or anything like that. You know where they got the money from? The NFL. No, that's the NFL that's paying this. But you know where the NFL got the money from? You want to know? Some owner? No. The owners are the NFL. Do you know, if you remember... They once a once a month they used to require all the players to either wear pink cleats or pink gloves in honor of breast cancer awareness month. And everybody would red, donate the some red money. cross? No, breast cancer awareness month. The NFL would have the players wear pink because that's the color for breast cancer. You'd have to wear pink gloves or pink pink cleats, you know, to honor the breast cancer awareness. So what the NFL did is they took the hundred million dollars they used to donate to breast cancer awareness and they switched it and just gave it to the black players to donate to whatever charities they want. So they won't kneel anymore. Yeah. So it's all so, against all a system. So that was that all that was was that really what that really was was that was a sharecrop deal. Yeah. That's it. Malcolm Malcolm Butler. Who, who Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick no longer speak to, and Eric Reed tried to fight him on the field over it. Like, how are you making you these deals? Yeah. Let me okay. Let me ask you a question. All right, now you heard the thing with Rogan and Gangsta Gibbs. Yeah, Gangsta yeah, Gibbs it. says Rogan needs to pay reparations, and they say that he's he's telling Rogan that he needs to he needs to give money to these to, to these to these uh to these to these uh. These inner cities, Gary, Indiana, mm-hmm. East St. Louis. Now, people have been getting on. They haven't really. Well, people really haven't been getting on Gibbs that much because they're they're kind of folks are kind of scared of him a little bit. But um, they, I think the sentiment will be at some point in time is that well, you know, you know, you're caping for Rogan. But my, you know, my earlier question was Gary, Indiana, and East St. Louis. Why? Why is Gangsta Gibbs building up Gary, Indiana, and why? Why hasn't the the the, the politicians? Um, why does it take a rapper to build up Gary, Indiana, and why does it take? Well, why does it take somebody that w- w- with money to to build Gary, Indiana, and and help out the the high school games and all the shit he be doing down there, versus? The, the people that we elect in office is supposed to be doing it and for them to shame us for not supporting their vote for doing it. Well, who, who said they were supposed to do that? First of all, I mean, that's, that's, that's just something that people created in their mind. When have they ever done it? So if they've never done something, how can you say they're supposed to do it? You know, so you got that aspect. Uh, Gibbs probably has a personal... Politicians are a lot like dictators. They benefit from the people being poor. Don't you agree? So oh, with, what Gibbs, what Gibbs was doing with Joe Rogan, first of all, to give some context to that, that was a, a roast of Joe Rogan. Right. So Gibbs was paid by Joe Rogan to be there. Okay. So 
all that that he was saying to him about reparations, this and that, all of it was a joke, first of all. They probably, they paid Gibbs to bring it up. Joe Rogan's probably like, I have to, you know, address this. You know, I can't just ignore it. All right, address it. And then you hear the white boy at the end, he said, all right, Fred, Freddie, you had your minute. That's it. Mm-hmm. See, you yeah. had your minute. You see what I'm saying? We paid you to come on for a minute, address it, make a couple of jokes about it. Hopefully it'll go away. But one thing people have to realize is Joe Rogan's fans are not, like I said, Joe Rogan's fans, like Hogan's fans, they're not going to get mad. Vince McMahon's fans, they're not going to get mad about that. You see what I'm saying? Would, Rappers, let me ask you this. Would, would, would I be put in the coon class if Rogan said, Bagland DP, you, you got a hot show. You only got about seven, about, about 300 subscribers on YouTube, but I want you to come on my show. Do you think no, people you would say, hey, you're, you're cooning. You're a coon. No, you, you shouldn't be on the show. You, that, and with that mentality, then anytime you've ever dealt with somebody white, you're cooning because there's never been a white person in the world who's never called a black man a nigger. Mm. He's mad or... This, and if they want to say, I've never used the N-word. You've never used it in public, maybe. Use that shit behind closed doors. Just as you're mad. You know, you might not mm-hmm. even really hate blacks, but that fucking nigger, this fucking nigger at the store <laughs> fucking was in front of me. If, if, if you don't, if you don't do what a white person wants you to do, you're yeah. a nigger. Yep, if Joe Rogan called you right now and said, I want to, pr- yeah, I'm going on there. Because 10 years ago, he used the N-word. I mean... He's not a he's not a racist. There's a difference. Do you want a racist? A racist is gonna block you from working. You know, it, that's this is people don't you know they they misconstrued that. What it is is there's a lot of foundationals that use racism as a as a crutch as well, and that can sometimes dilute the message as well. Then you got a lot of race soldiers who. Don't want to own up to it. Like you tell a race soldier something about white privilege, he's gonna tell you, "I don't know what you're talking about." So, th- so okay, how many people that... admit to a crime? If I told you, "Hey, man, did you rob that bank?" No, nah, I ain't robbed no bank. What are you talking about? So, so he <laughs> you know knows. I mean? <laughs> so he's playing dumb. Yeah. Who? Any? All white people know Spencer. He's telling the truth. I want more. They know. <laughs> do you think white people? Do you think they they're dumb enough to think that blacks and whites are, it's, it's equal? It's even? They know that shit. You know how many times I've had it out with white people and they've used this one phrase towards me? Women that I've had it out with and even guys that I've argued with, like fights and shit. Well, you're black. If I call the police on you, you're going to get in trouble. They know. <laughs> I've, had, I've had multiple white people in my life use that phrase towards me when I've had it out with them. Have you ever, uh, have you ever, had white, a, have, have you ever dated a white woman and then you basically said, all right, bitch, we're done. And then she turns around and says, "Oh, you black motherfucker! I should have never did." <laughs> uh, no, but I never had no. I never. I had. I've never had no. I mean.